On January 29, 1963, the Bell Telephone Company agreed to cut rates sharply on calls made between 9 p.m. and 4.30 a.m. to a maximum of $1 for three minutes. The legendary 75-year-old entertainer Maurice Chevalier was about to open a four-week program of songs and sketches at the Ziegfeld Theater in New York City. General Lucius Clay was appointed a senior partner of Lehman Brothers, subject to the approval of the New York Stock Exchange. And poet Robert Frost died in Boston, Massachusetts. He was 88 years old. A house Frost lived in during the 1920s is one of the historic buildings in Greenfield Village in the Detroit, Michigan suburb of Dearborn. Where have you gone? Detroit, Michigan. Welcome to Where Have You Gone? People, places, and things that are gone but not forgotten, forgotten but not gone, and the people and places saving these stories for your enjoyment and benefit today. I'm Morris Eckhouse. Detroit, Michigan, the Motor City, is full of history and historic places. Much more than I'll tackle on this last leg of my road trip. On the other hand, it's entirely possible to spend an entire visit to the Detroit area at the Henry Ford, with its Greenfield Village, its Henry Ford Museum of American Innovation, its giant screen experience, and its Ford Rouge factory tour. My plan for the Detroit area was to spend time at the village and the museum. The museum attractions at the time included the Jim Henson exhibition, Imagination Unlimited. I also intended to visit historic Hamtramck Stadium, Comerica Park, home of the Detroit Tigers, and John K. King used and rare books. We hope you're enjoying this second season episode of Where Have You Gone? If you've missed any of our previous episodes, fear not. We don't throw away anything. Our first season consisted of 13 episodes about 12 people in one place, plus a 14th episode recapping the first season. Seek them out at your favorite podcast sources or our website, whygpodcast.com. My first stop in the greater Detroit area was the Henry Ford Complex that includes the Henry Ford Museum of American Innovation and Greenfield Village. The Henry Ford has been called America's greatest history destination. I began my visit by walking through Greenfield Village and stopping at two of my favorite spots in the village, the Robert Frost House and the Sounds of America Gallery. The Sounds of America Gallery pays tribute to Stephen Foster, American popular song, and music before radio, television, or recorded music. Among the other writers of songs played in the gallery are Jack Norworth, who wrote the words and co-wrote the music for Shine On Harvest Moon, 1908, and Harry Von Tilzer, who wrote the music for Wait Till the Sun Shines Nelly, 1905. 
you may recognize the names of Norworth and Von Tilzer as collaborators. Norworth wrote the words, and Harry's younger brother Albert wrote the music for the baseball classic Take Me Out to the Ball Game. Jack, Harry, and Albert are all inductees to the Songwriters Hall of Fame. The Robert Frost House features a recording of Frost reading his 1915 poem, The Road Not Taken. In an essay about the poem at the Poetry Foundation website, Catherine Robinson writes, quote, Frost's lines have often been read as a celebration of individualism, unquote. That's how I read them. Others do not. But we're not here to dissect the poetry of Robert Frost. After walking around the village, I went into the museum. On any visit to the museum, it's a safe bet that you'll find certain artifacts, including the Kennedy limousine, the Rosa Parks bus, and the Lincoln chair. The artifact I was looking for belongs on that list, in my humble opinion. It was in the far back corner of the museum. It was the 1975 FMC motorhome used by Charles Kuralt for his on-the-road segments on CBS. Charles Kuralt became a legendary storyteller during his lifetime of 1934 to 1997. He was a Peabody Award winner. He was honored with the Walter Cronkite Award for Excellence in Journalism in 1996. He was much influenced by Norman Corwin, the subject of the first episode of Where Have You Gone? Kuralt helped bring multiple Corwin scripts to life. In Corwin, a film by Les Guthman, Kuralt leads off and speaks of the pride he had in coming to work for CBS, where Corwin had done some of his best work. Kuralt was one of the contributors to 13 for Corwin, the published tribute to Norman Corwin on the occasion of his 75th birthday. The title of his chapter in the book is The Spoken Word. His contribution is cynical, angry, and disgusted with the way of broadcasting in the mid-1980s, a contrast to his on-the-road persona for two decades starting in 1967, or that of his tenure as host of CBS Sunday Morning for 15 years from its premiere in 1979. On the Road and the Vehicle hold a special place in the annals of American storytelling. On the Road was revived at CBS in 2011, with Steve Hartman at the wheel, so to speak, and segments airing at the end of the CBS Evening News on Friday nights. Some of Kuralt's on-the-road work has been captured in a DVD set available from Acorn Media. In the afternoon, I left the Henry Ford and drove to the Detroit suburb of Hamtramck a drive of about 20 to 25 minutes northeast of Dearborn, and the site of historic Hamtramck Stadium. Hamtramck Stadium is, according to its website, one of five Negro Leagues parks still in existence. The others are League Park in Cleveland, Rickwood Field in Birmingham, Alabama, Hinchliffe Stadium in Patterson, New Jersey, and J.P. Small Stadium in Jacksonville, Florida. In the last decade or so, 
efforts have been made to give the ballpark, home to the Detroit Stars of the Negro National League, a proper rebirth. It was placed on the National Register of Historic Places in 2012. A Michigan historic marker was dedicated at the site in 2014. The playing field was officially named Norman Turkey Stearns Field at historic Hamtramck Stadium in 2020. Stearns is one of the legendary Negro Leaguers and was inducted into the National Baseball Hall of Fame in 2000. Restoration of the park in Hamtramck seems to be coming along at a good pace and looks like it may be completed in 2022. From Hamtramck, I drove to Birmingham, Michigan, not Alabama. Birmingham, Michigan is about 15 miles northwest of Hamtramck. In 1996, after years of decline, Birmingham adopted the motto, The Walkable City. Today, Birmingham has a walk score of 92, a walker's paradise. To learn more about walk score, visit walkscore.com. Much of my enjoyment of the Henry Ford is based on its walkability, so Birmingham appeals to me just as Greenfield Village does as a great place to walk, except there's no admission charge to walk in Birmingham. Like some of the other cities I've visited, Birmingham presents historical information throughout the downtown on places like the Birmingham Theater Building, erected in 1926, and the City Hall, built in 1928. Do you have an idea for an episode of Where Have You Gone? A person, place, or thing gone but not forgotten, or forgotten but not gone, with a connection to the mid-20th century? If you do, let us know. Connect with us on Facebook at Where Have You Gone Podcast, or on Twitter at WHYG Podcast. And now, back to the show. When I went back to Greenfield Village, I headed to the ball field at the back of the village. It's the home of two vintage baseball teams, the la Dadas and the National Baseball Club. Vintage baseball, that's two words, baseball, is played with 19th century rules and is very popular with many people. There are teams and tournaments throughout the country, including the World Tournament of Historic Baseball, the greatest exposition of historic baseball. That's according to the Henry Ford website. In the early days of the vintage baseball and the tournament at Greenfield Village, the action was sometimes augmented by the golden voice of Ernie Harwell, the longtime voice of the Detroit Tigers. Harwell was the fifth recipient and first active broadcaster to receive the prestigious Ford C. Frick Award for Baseball Broadcasting Excellence from the National Baseball Hall of Fame. He was a wonderful storyteller. His poem, The Game for All America, was published in the Sporting News in 1955 and included in the original Fireside Book of Baseball. It's one of the great odes to baseball. It can be heard on YouTube. Harwell also assisted the museum with a section on the breaking of the color barrier in Major League Baseball as part of its section on the Civil Rights Movement. 
When I left the village and went back inside the museum, I went to see the Jim Henson exhibition, Imagination Unlimited. I was particularly interested in two aspects of Henson's career. First was creation of Rolf the Dog in 1962. According to the exhibition, Rolf was built for Purina Dog Chow commercials, but rose to fame as the comic sidekick on the Jimmy Dean Show. In the 585-page Jim Henson, the biography by Brian J. Jones, Jones describes Texas-born Jimmy Dean as tall, lanky, goofily handsome, and talented. You may recognize Jimmy Dean from his 1961 hit and Grammy Award-winning song, Big Bad John. You may recognize him for his sausage. You may recognize him for playing Willard White in the James Bond film Diamonds Are Forever. You may recognize him from the Jimmy Dean Show on ABC Television, 1963 to 1966. And now, if not before... You may recognize him for his role in advancing the career of Jim Henson. The exhibition says that Rolf was the first Muppet to achieve national popularity, the first Muppet built by Don Salen, and the first puppet performed by Jim Henson and Frank Oz together. You can see the chemistry between Dean and Rolf on clips from the Jimmy Dean Show on YouTube. When Rolf was created, Jim Henson was just getting started. Sesame Street came in 1969. The Muppet Show began in 1976. By the 1980s, Henson and the Muppets, including Kermit and Miss Piggy, were legends. Henson had some misses, but they were far outnumbered by the hits, and he was in position to pursue the projects that inspired him. The storyteller was such a project. Chapter 13 of the Brian J. Jones biography is titled Storyteller. He writes about the development of a concept, about telling old folk tales, and the importance of words and voice. Henson proposed to call the project The Storyteller. The English actor John Hurt was hired to play The Storyteller. NBC took a chance on the show, and it debuted on January 31, 1987. Jones called it a qualified success and a critical hit. It won an Emmy as the Outstanding Children's Program. It became part of the Jim Henson Hour, an anthology show that ran for just a handful of episodes. The stories are available in book form and on DVD. I left Dearborn and headed to Comerica Park, home of the Detroit Tigers since 2000. I entered the ballpark on the first base side where a statue of Ernie Harwell stands just inside the gate. There's also a large picture of a young Harwell over the gate. The inscription on the front of the base of the statue says, The Tigers broadcasting legend and masterful storyteller for 42 seasons. It was dedicated on September 15, 2002, days before Harwell's retirement. The back of the statue base lists Harwell's stops during a 55-year Major League Baseball broadcasting career. Brooklyn Dodgers, 1948-49. New York Giants, 1950-1953. Baltimore Orioles, 1954-1959. The Tigers, 1960-1991. The California Angels in 1992. And back to the Tigers, 
1993 to 2002. The Harwell statue is one of many at Comerica Park. A row of statues in left field honor Tiger greats Ty Cobb, Charlie Gehringer, Hank Greenberg, Hal Newhauser, Al Kaline, and Willie Horton. The ball game that night between the Tigers and the Oakland Athletics ended up as a 9-3 victory for Oakland. Before heading back to Ohio, I went to John K. King Used and Rear Books at 901 West Lafayette Boulevard in downtown Detroit, about 10 miles east of the Henry Ford and less than a mile southwest of Comerica Park. John K. King Used and Rear Books has been around since 1965. It's one of Business Insider's world's best bookstores. The downtown Detroit store has four floors of books in the building that King purchased in 1983. It's full of the work of great storytellers and not-so-great storytellers. At John K. King Books, I found books by and about Carl Sandburg, the subject of the second episode of the first season of Where Have You Gone? I found a nice paperback copy of Something About a Soldier, printed in 1959, written by Mark Harris, the subject of the fifth episode of our first season. I found a couple books by Thomas Wolfe, an important part of our second season episode about Riverside Cemetery in Asheville, North Carolina. From the bookstore, I drove about a half mile northwest to the corner of Michigan and Trumbull. Tiger Stadium stood at that site for decades until it was demolished in 2009. I spoke about it and the new combination of a youth sports facility called the Corner Ballpark, Residential and Retail Space, in our second season episodes about lost ballparks. Ernie Harwell spent much of his career calling baseball games at the corner of Michigan and Trumbull at Tiger Stadium. From Michigan and Trumbull, I headed back to Ohio and Greater Cleveland. Getting back home brings us full circle, completing the circuit from Ohio to Indiana to Michigan and back to Ohio. Having spoken about Norman Corwin and Carl Sandburg in this episode, I feel like we've come full circle back to the beginnings of the Where Have You Gone podcast, and that it's a good time to bring down the curtain on the second season of the podcast. It's time for a break, but I'm already at work on the third season of Where Have You Gone. In the meantime, now's a good chance for you to catch up on any Where Have You Gone episodes you may have missed. It's also a good time to help us spread the word about the podcast, and it's a good time to provide us with feedback about the podcast so we can continue to make it better. Keep an eye on our website and our social media, and stay tuned for the third season of Where Have You Gone? I'm Morris Eckhouse, host of Where Have You Gone? Our music was composed and performed by Harry Richardson. Our logo was designed by Jeff Santala. The Where Have You Gone podcast is produced by Alan Eckhouse. Where Have You Gone is a production of The Morwin Company. <laughs>